0: Steve Iserman <coughs> traded for Nick Letty. Yay! He also managed to get Tyler Bertuzzi re-signed. Unfortunately, Jacob Barana and Adam Ernie filed for arbitration, and although with no arbitration, Philip Haronick remains unsigned as well. <coughs> Despite all that, with the slick additions of Alex Nadalkovic via trade for almost nothing, as well as trading for Mitchell Stevens for almost nothing, adding Pew Suter in free agency, the Detroit Red Wings and the City of Detroit have lots of reasons to be saying Oh, thank you. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually think that the Detroit Red Wings could be under the radar pretty good next year. I didn't mention Jordan Osterley in my little preview, and also I didn't mention the retention of Mark Stahl. I don't think the Osterly thing is that big of a deal. I do think the Mark Stahl re-signing is important. There are basically... 16, 17, 18 or so forwards, I think, competing for what likely boils down to 13 active Detroit Red Wing roster spots. I think that it's pretty obvious who the eight defensemen are going to be. The 13 or so forwards, there's a lot to be determined by the preseason, and so I'll speculate on who I think probably will make the roster and what some of the line combinations could potentially look like in just a couple months. We'll start from the net and then work our way out from there. I think a lot of people are assuming that Alex Nadalkovic is going to be the day one primary workhorse starter just because they made the trade for him. I'm not so sure that's the case, and I don't think it should be the case. I will be surprised if the starts are anything greater than 60-40, give or take. I wouldn't be shocked if Grice was the one getting closer to that 60%. It could obviously just be straight up 50-50. Last couple seasons, Blasio basically went every other until somebody solidified themselves. Last year, as usual, Bernier got injured, and so Grice ended up having to start like 12 or 13 in a row or something like that. I hope that never happens this year. The only thing to be weary about if you're a fan of the Red Wings listening to this is that Grice and Nadalkovic are kind of two completely different goaltenders. I guess the only thing that makes me a little nervous about the goaltending next year is that it isn't really a seamless transition between one or the other. Grice is kind of a bigger goaltender that doesn't seem to leave his net a ton and he kind of doesn't play the puck a whole lot and Nadalkovic is kind of a tiny, definitely undersized for the modern NHL, but he's kind of a quicker and goes out and plays the puck, riskier kind of guy. So it's almost like the Red Wings are going to be two completely different teams that just depends on which one ends up happening to be starting Back when they had Peter Morazic, he was kind of similar to what you'll probably see with Nadalkovic. Morazic was kind of a rely on his quickness, rely on his timing, and he played the puck a lot. And so when he was able to do that, the Red Wings had a lot more success. I guess ideally, I think people are hoping that Nadalkovic gets the bulk of the starts just because he's the younger of the two. As much as I like Grice, he's obviously an older goalie. He's not going to be around forever. If the Red Wings fancy themselves a playoff team, I really think they're going to need each goalie, no matter which one it is, to start at least 30 or so times. That way, if they need to go to the other one in potentially playoffs, if they're pushing for a spot down the stretch, they need to be able to go to either one. Like I said, that's kind of my only fear, is that being two different style teams, two completely different style goaltenders, that generally seems to backfire more often than not, so I'll be interested to see how that ends up working out. As far as the defense for next year, I think it's pretty set in stone for everybody who the eight on the roster are going to be. I think it's definitive that they're going to carry eight defensemen. I think most teams like to carry more extra D than more extra forwards. It's a lot easier to replace forwards or go with shortened amount of forwards. It's a lot harder to recover if you have to address like 5D in case of emergency. So I think they're going to keep eight. Most definitely, I think Nick Letty going into the season is going to be the number one defenseman overall. Most people are going to be stunned if Moritz Sider isn't a full-time Red Wing. I think a lot of people penciled him into the top pair. I think a lot of people think it's going to be a Nick Letty-Moritz Sider combination, but personally, I think it's foolish to all of a sudden label Moritz Sider the best defenseman on the team when he hasn't played a second in the NHL yet. I do expect him to make the team. I'll be shocked if he doesn't, and it boasts really badly for the Red Wings if he doesn't make the team because that means their highest thought of prospect wasn't good enough to make one of the worst teams in the league from last year. So I think everybody kind of agrees he's for sure on the team, but I'm not comfortable calling him the best defenseman on the team just yet. I know a lot of people are hype about some of his highlights from the Swedish league and the AHL, He'll be in the mix, and he'll probably, by season's end, could very well be number one out of six. But I hope him and Letty get paired together, at least at even strength. I think it's probably pretty definitive that Peronik will sign at some point. I think he'll probably be in the top four. Assuming that they try to go three right, three left on the point, it's going to be interesting what happens with Stetcher and or Gustav Lindstrom. I like both for different reasons. I think if I was making the decision, I would go with Gustav just because he's under contract for longer going forward. He's got more time left on his deal. He's younger than Stetcher, and I think he's already better defensively. I would rather go with the defenseman that's structurally sound Skating-wise, Stetcher probably skates a hair faster, maybe more agile. But I think the more responsible defensive guy can learn to produce offense, whereas the quote-unquote offensive guy that was getting healthy scratched on one of the worst teams in the league, I'm not confident he's going to all of a sudden come in and be dominant. I suppose the Red Wings could dress both of them. That wouldn't bug me either. That would just mean... Some righties probably gonna have to play the left side. I think Mark Stahl is definitely penciled in into obviously one of the left shot, left side spots. I actually think he can potentially play the right, but given that they have more righties that are potentially lineup caliber, I think he's probably gonna play on the left. So, I think it's probably going to be Letty, Stahl, and DeKaiser making up the left side, which means I think the odd man out most nights is going to be Jordan Osterley, barring an injury, which unfortunately with the Red Wings, that's kind of been their story. They are constantly, constantly injured. Myself along with I'm sure a lot of fans are just hoping that they if nothing else stay healthy next year and I think a lot of people are expecting them not to be a playoff team but given the addition of Letty to this group I think they're markedly improved from last year given that they have a second competent goalie going back to the goaltending for a second i think that they can potentially be more often than not coming out ahead next year and i mean i literally think if they don't win at least 30 to 35 games i think it'll be disappointing the forward group is interesting to me a lot of people similarly to more Cider, i think a lot of people with lucas raymond think that he's for sure on the team and i'm not so sure i agree the fact that I said that there are, like, potentially 16 or 17, maybe even 18 guys that they're considering, some of the names some people listening may not have heard of, but I think some of these people I'm going to mention in the next little bit wouldn't be a surprise if they're in the mix or called up at some point. The only obvious ones that I think are going to be top six forwards, no matter what, are Jacob Verona when he gets his Arbiter contract, Dylan Larkin's probably, for sure, top six. Probably Tyler Bertuzzi, even though I feel like he should probably be in the bottom six. And then Robbie Fabry, more than likely, and Phillips Adina more than likely. The centers after Larkin are kind of tricky to decide. I like Robbie Fabry in the middle, other than his atrocious faceoff percentage. I think a lot of people think that Pius Suter could possibly be the second-line center. He said that in his interviews he expects to be the second-line center at some point next year. There is the connection of Fabry and Bertuzzi. That could potentially be a line. Either Suter or Fabry could play center or wing on a line with Bertuzzi. I think Pew Suter said in one of his press conferences after being signed that they played together a little bit when they were all in junior and. One of the games they played together, they were really productive. If that's the case, I think that would leave Jacob Verana and Philip Zadina to play with Larkin on the wings. The Lucas Raymond thing makes it tricky because I think they envision him as a top six offensive situations player. Especially being a younger guy, I think they're going to want to probably shelter his even strength minutes and try to mostly get him in offensive situations like power play type situations. If that's the case, then that pushes one of the other guys I mentioned, which I would imagine would probably be Pius suitor. A dark horse candidate to maybe play in the top six could probably be like Adam Ernie or Nemesnikov, but I see them both as more so bottom six wings. The other guys that you have to think could factor into the top six as offensive situations type guys are Joe Valeno and Jonathan Berggren. Those are two more guys that I'm not so sure that they wouldn't leave in Grand Rapids Just if there isn't a top six forward spot available for them in Detroit. I think they would rather them play that role in Grand Rapids. What you might end up seeing is some of these bottom six or, like, defensive grinder-type role guys kind of being used interchangeably on the wings, whether it's third, fourth, second, or first line. Some of these guys like Adam Ernie or Sam Gagne or Vlad Nemesnikov, some of these guys are going to be used probably as centers or wings, just because they're kind of fringe, not definitively a center, not definitively a wing, and they're veteran enough where it doesn't really serve them any good to play in the minors. The other guy I didn't mention yet would be Michael Rasmussen. He is more than likely on the team. I don't see him as anything other than a third, fourth line center, if he even plays the middle. He definitely improved the most I've seen From him towards the end of the season last year. I think a lot of people were kind of comparing him to Jordan Stahl. I tend to agree with that. He's obviously not Jordan Stahl at this point. But I think he could be in that kind of mold. He'd be helpful being like a screen tip type guy for power plays. He's not the greatest on the faceoff dot, but that's obviously something he can learn. His skating isn't the greatest yet, but that's obviously something he could potentially improve. Some other candidates that wouldn't surprise me if they made the team and play forward in some capacity. Dark Horse to make it would be Riley Barber. He's a guy that dominated on the Grand Rapids Griffins last year. The only reason why I say him is because he was so productive on Grand Rapids, and he's also a potential additional right-handed forward. Another guy that could potentially make it, that I believe signed another year extension, is Taro Hirose. But that's, again, another guy where he's probably best suited as a top six forward, and I'm not so sure he can definitively beat out some of the other guys I've mentioned. So, unfortunately, he's kind of seeming like... He's trending toward being a forever AHLer. I hope he maybe took ridiculous strides in the offseason to become a full-time top 6 NHLer. That'd be great, but unfortunately I probably see him as a Grand Rapids guy for the most part next year, maybe a call up if we experience all kinds of injuries. Mitchell Stevens more or less replaces what they're losing in Glenn Denning. He gives them a right-handed forward. I probably see him on the fourth line, but The Red Wings aren't necessarily going to use him in the same way that Tampa used him. Coming to Detroit, it's a much different situation. He's not sitting behind people like Sorelli, Stamkos, Point, and just barely getting in the lineup or even on the ice when he can. He probably isn't a top six guy, but they might be able to interchangeably use him on the wing. Given that he's a right-handed forward and a potential right-handed center that gives them different option I could also see Sam Gagne playing some center he's another right-handed forward and so if Mitchell Stevens and Sam Gagne both make the lineup like I think they're going to those are pretty much the only two right-handed forwards that I think are for sure penciled in but given that they're kind of more veteran-ish players that are used to playing sort of a niche-type role. I think they'd be comfortable giving those two a roster spot and then potentially healthy-scratching them at times. The last guy off the top of my head that I think is a potential to make it and play sort of a probably fourth-line, bottom-six-type role would be Giovanni Smith. I think a lot of Red Wings fans are really hoping he makes the team. Given that he was one of the people that was protected in the expansion draft, I think that could be an indicator that the team is still really high on him. I think they probably would have exposed him and just assumed he wouldn't get picked if they weren't fairly high on him. With him though, he's not a guy that they probably would be comfortable healthy scratching. If he doesn't definitively separate himself as a key fourth line guy that even potentially penalty kills. It wouldn't shock me and it shouldn't shock anybody else if he at least maybe starts the season in Grand Rapids again and then they maybe try to get him top six reps there and give him some more offensive situations, give him some more offensive touches, help him work on his skating even more. If there are injuries or there are more like veteran type guys that are taking up roster spots that are getting injured, then Javante Smith might be the first person that they call up given the need for it. This will be much to the chagrin of seemingly every Red Wings fan, because for whatever reason, everybody seems to have completely soured on Franz Nielsen, but he's a guy that I'm assuming will be among the 13 forwards. It very well could be the kind of thing where he sits out almost all the games unless somebody has a really bad game or somebody gets hurt. I really can't see them sending Franz Nielsen to Grand Rapids. I'm not even sure if they can contractually. I just think it's the kind of thing that he's a veteran and a team that's fringe, borderline whether they're even going to be good. I do think the Red Wings will be decent next year, but I think it would just be a bad look for organizationally and kind of just disrespectful for such a well-thought-of veteran player around the league. I mean, I know the Red Wings fan base hates him for whatever reason. Unfortunately for all of you that might be fans listening to this, I think he'll be in the mix. He very well could even be in the lineup opening night if some of these other younger guys like the Bergrins, the Raymonds, the Valenos, they don't definitively separate themselves and make the team in the kind of role the team wants them to make. Yeah, Nielsen's going to be around. If you look at some of the production from last year, Nielsen was realistically one of the more productive forwards. As much as you all love to hate on him and think he sucks, I get that he's kind of over the hill and not... The greatest anymore, but he still has leadership value. He's probably going to have an A next year if he doesn't retire. That's really the only thing. If he retires, then yeah, obviously he won't be around, but the fact that he's the greatest shootout guy of all time, I mean, you obviously don't go into games assuming that it's going to be a shootout, but I mean, shootouts are valuable points to the Red Wings, who are potentially in the mix to be between a wild card and the couple last bubble team's Franz Nielsen's in the lineup for shootouts and helps them get a couple more extra points that could be the difference. But yeah, that's kind of the rant. I've been meaning to talk about the Red Wings and kind of my thoughts on their outlook for the next season for quite a while. I'm interested to see, obviously, how anybody does during preseason and how the lineup ends up shaking out. Based on what Eiserman said, he obviously wants the younger players to make it so that it's impossible and that he's got to either buy out people or cut people that are, I guess, more veteran status. It wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Lucas Raymond and Bergeron, if they want to start those two in Grand Rapids, unless they just kind of play way out of their mind in camp and in preseason, I could see them wanting to start in Grand Rapids so that they just get more accustomed to the pro game and the North American style ice. Not too dissimilarly to what ended up happening with Moritz Sider. And if there wasn't such a weird shutdown, he may or may not have been in Detroit last year. Who knows? Given how well Sider did in the SHL, I think he's for sure in. Lucas Raymond being that he's a smaller guy and a forward and the Red Wings are kind of in patience mode. He might play a portion, if not the whole season, in the AHL. Sorry to disappoint, but he's also coming off an injury, which I think plays a factor. So they might want him to just play star role, potentially, on the Griffins. Get stronger, get faster, get more accustomed to everything. And then he might be the kind of thing where they give him a nine games at some point, whether it's in the beginning or later.